The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. The Explorers podcast is sponsored by RM Capital, a provider of specialist small to mid-cap corporate advisory and boutique wealth management services. This is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Now, listeners to the Explorers Podcast will know that Garen Perro has a particular liking for lightly capitalised explorers that are well-funded for an upcoming drilling program that could turn up the dial in a big way on some exploration success. We've got one of those today, Tracker Resources. It trades under the code TKL or Tango Kilo Lima and was last quoted at 1.4 cents for a market cap of a little more than $8 million. And that's ahead of the completion of a shareholder purchase plan at the same price. The SPP and an earlier $1 million placement, also at 1.4 cents, has provided Tracker with the readies to have a crack at testing the big time porphyry gold copper potential of its Mount Catlin project on the Ravensthorpe Greenstone Belt in WA's southeast. The project is adjacent to Galaxy's lithium mine and in the same general area as First Quantum's Ravensthorpe nickel mine and Medallion's recent high-grade gold copper success at the historic Cundip Mining Centre. Tracker's Mount Catlin project is also home to historic workings and the company recently announced a combined maiden resource of 23,000 ounces at a handy grade of 4 grams of gold a tonne at a couple of prospects there marking the return of exploration to the area after a 16-year exploration hiatus. Both of those small prospects remain to be fully tested, but the real interest in what Tracker is up to is the potential that those high-grade shoots are in fact vectors towards an underlying porphyry system which remains to be tested. Tracker is setting out to do just that, with a drill exploration program expected to start next month. We have Tracker Managing Director and Exploration Veteran Pat Fabeek with us today to fill us in on the Tracker story and the upcoming drilling program. G'day, Pat. Welcome to the podcast and thanks for your time today. Oh, hello, Barry. Uh, nice to talk and thanks for this opportunity. Now, Pat, I was just wondering if, uh, just before we jump into uh, the Mount Catlin project, if you could, it'd be great if you could give listeners a bit of a background on your professional career. Sure. Uh, look, I'm uh, 35 plus years uh, hands-on geologist, um, uh, tracker, uh, I am the founding director and um, in 2003 we listed tracker on the Ravensthorpe nickel belt, nickel potential um, mm-hmm. and uh, but in that process um, I picked up what is now the Mount Catlin North Gold Project or Mount Catlin Gold Project and uh, it, it wasn't, uh, it didn't have particular nickel potential, but um, it did have gold and it was in our neck of the woods. Um, so that's, that's how I've, uh, that's how it's come into the company. Um, I did some work and got some spectacular results there uh, in 2003, virtually the first year of the, uh, after the IPO. And uh, we got these high grade intersections, but the gold price was, 
just over $400. There were no other opportunities to and plants to develop that at the time. So that particular property just ended up a sleeper. And mm-hmm. um, Galaxy, uh, in its early days before the Mount Catlin lithium mine started, were consolidating ground around their lithium ambitions. And I'm 800 metres away from them. So they the lithium and the gold coincide to some extent. So um, I dealt the project into um, Galaxy and uh, Galaxy over the decade plus period late onwards, uh, you know, took a while before they got going. But of course, they, they have um, become a purely uh, lithium focused company so that the gold potential which was always recognized and of course it's developed on turn of the century gold minings there's a dozen of them there small mm. smallish gold mines they just sat there and um, I talked to lithium and we basically agreed that uh, galaxy would pursue their lithium interest and um, tracker would go back in where it started and uh, and push on with the gold and that's that's the exciting story we've got now and mm. For me, it's it's really just uh, back into where I was before. I'm, um, you know, my experience is hands-on geology. I'm exploration and mining um, all over the world, mostly in Australia, but uh, underground, open pit, gold, um, base metals. So the usual array of uh, opportunities in in that field. Um, I was a mine geologist on the Golden Mile before before it turned into the super pit, which shows my age. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I've got that sort of background. So working, working at Mount Catlin where I'm looking at high-grade gold, I'm looking at multiple shoots, multiple opportunities is very much uh, part of my, my history and uh, an exciting sort of uh, project to get on with. Mm, okay. Now, well, thanks for the background there on uh, the Mount Catlin project. I was just wondering, though, what uh, what's been happening that's uh, led to this theory that you know the property needs to be tested for large porphyry gold copper potential. Okay. Well, the 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 first program I did in two thousand and three, we actually hit porphyries there, but they were porphyry dikes. Uh, we didn't have it. Uh, you know, I was wildcat drilling here and there just to sort of get a sense of what the project is. And I hit porphyries at the time, but didn't have enough information to really understand that. And it was only the program we've just completed a few months ago that has given us enough information to start to understand that we are in a large porphyry system. Uh, we've we've been able to do some uh, geological mapping, we can see there's a very large, um, we're talking three and a half, four kilometre wide alteration halo. Um, Some of our more recent drilling has hit more porphyries. So, um, you know, we suddenly realise that we are in a fairly classic sort of porphyry intrusive system. Um, There's elements of it that we don't understand, of course, and that will continue to evolve as we do more work. But... um, it's it's just looking like that. It 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 uh, it has some analogies with 
uh, Boddington style. It has some analogies with the Lefroy style, you know, the, their recent and, and mm-hmm. past success around porphyries. So um, it, it's got that sort of look and smell. And um, so that's it gives us scope, I think, to start looking for bigger resources. The, the old one, the ones that the historic mining was on, uh, visible gossan that came to surface and they pursued sort of one ounce dirt and followed mm-hmm. their noses, you know, and although they're rich, they, they're on the smaller size and, um, and there's multiple of them. So they're not insignificant, but obviously uh, with modern mining technique and we, and we want scale. And uh, so we're excited because we, we believe the geological setting is such that the we've got that opportunity and uh, so we're going to have a combination of these larger perhaps lower grade but um, still very significant sort of porphyry style copper gold is copper is associated with all of it there which is a mm-hmm. of course it points to the fact that it is a probably a porphyry type system um, but we also have those and we've still got these high grade shoots that we'll pursue so it's it's a mixture of the two, but it will add up, you know, um, with um, with work and with a bit of luck to, uh, you know, a very significant um, area to develop a resource on. Mm, okay, I believe the uh, the first of the porphyries to be tested is called Revelation, a big soil and gem- a geochemical, five hundred meters uh, long. Um, now, tell us a bit about this upcoming uh, drilling program you've got. Yeah, Revelation, it got its name because it, uh, it was a revelation. Um, we'd just come off drilling a couple of our high-grade shoots developed on the old mines, uh, one called Sirdar, another one called uh, Maori Queen, which were the, the biggest of the historic mines. They, they were 25 grammars and 30 grammar type um, individual mines. And Revelation suddenly looked very different. You know, it's it's got a porphyry in the in the middle of it. We suddenly hit thirty meters of sulfides. You know, not massive, but 10, 15, 20 percent sulfides are sea holes. So um, mostly, mm-hmm. so uh, we weren't able to get quite the geological detail we would otherwise have got from diamond. But that's not what we were ever getting in elsewhere else. So and and all of a sudden uh, we had some copper and gold anomalism in them, not spectacularly high, but it's opened and it ties in perfectly with uh, both an aeromagnetic anomaly, which of a survey we we flew six months prior, and it tied in with geochemistry. So it's just a walk up. There's only two holes into it, uh, excluding the, the one hole I put into it as a wildcat in 2003. Mm. Uh, that got... That got one gram gold and one percent copper as well, very near surface, but didn't understand it. Still a little way to to go to understand it, but um, we're three holes into it, and we're just—it's a no-brainer. We'll just step in uh, and drill on section and drill along strike and see what we get. But it's certainly it's certainly uh, starting to demonstrate scale, uh, which is you know what we what we were hoping for and what, you know, we start to see. And I don't, Revelation is one of half a dozen 
similar anomalies in terms of magnetic features and geochemistry features. So, you know, we've got, we've got more of those to look at. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's mm. the exciting aspect of Revelation. Okay. Uh, I mentioned the plan was to start in August. That's still the case with the drilling yeah, program? Yeah, that's still the case. We've got a drill rig booked. Um, it, uh, we haven't got exact date yet, but no, it's, it's fine. We, we, uh, down there, we, we have, uh, you know, we're very close to environmentally sensitive areas. So we, we, our permitting requires, you know, um, flora and fauna surveys and, uh, Mm-hmm. And before we can clear, it's, most of our drilling is in sort of a, it's in a mining reserve actually, but it's timbered. So we need to clear that. But we have enough um, sites ready to go already on the work we've done. Mm-hmm. And we, we're currently doing um, POW and permitting on, on the other sites. So there's nothing to stop us bar, you know, a lot more rain um, to get going again in August. So we, we get up and ready to go and a rig, the rig will arrive. Right. Okay. So what's your expectation on uh, results uh, coming through? Oh, well, look, I think reasonably expect to to keep getting what we're, we're getting. Where, where, we drill, where we drill on structures that, you know, the, that a bit like what the old miners developed on, these high-grade, Shoots, we will get intersections on those. You know, mm. reasonably expect that. Revelation uh, will, you know, geologically, it will keep giving us more. We don't quite understand what's controlling revelation. It's a, it's a porphyry intrusive, but there's uh, a very large alteration halo around it. We haven't drilled through it. We're actually in the middle of it. So um, we'll. They, it's, it just cannot stop and start where it is. It will continue, and I think the geocam and the magnetics demonstrates that we can reasonably expect to be drilling out over at least 500 metres uh, of that mineralisation. Um, obviously, with that extra drilling, we'll perhaps get to, we should be able to get understand what that is. Mm. But we'll push on with some of those other targets. There's one called Revival. There's another one called Parramatta that have similar signatures in terms of both geochemistry and geophysics. And we'll, we'll start drilling those. They, they remain totally untested, you know, and they have the look of revelation. So, you know, fingers crossed that they, it's, that's what we'll get. Mm. Uh, a tougher one, I guess, uh, given the backlog in the, the labs. Uh, what about the timing of results, do you think? Um, yeah, look, the, the labs are busy. Um, we were waiting four to six weeks um, at the time we were drilling. Um, the laboratory, we had had some troubles in, as well as, as, as being very busy. But, you know, they're all, um, I, I don't think it'll take that long this time. You know, they, two or three weeks is, is, is typical. You know, um, we, we're, because we're so well um, located, you know, Ravenstorp's, Five and a half, six hours drive. Uh, it's easy to get to. We've got a lot of good infrastructure, so we're we're not operating in an isolated environment. So logistically, we we're in a good position to sort of get our samples into the laboratory at a very regular basis. So once um, you know, within three or four weeks of drilling, we should start seeing our first results come back. And as we're drilling, we should keep getting results back um, on a routine basis. So we, we're Fairly fortunate like that. And I think the labs are all 
working now, um, you know, scaled up. And sort yeah, of, they're starting to catch up. They're starting to catch up. So we should do, uh, you know, we should do better than what we, uh, our wait time should be less than what we had previously. Good. Now, uh, in the interim, what happens uh, to the Maori queens and the, the Sudars and the, the high-grade shoots? You park them up for a while or you keep going? Uh, we're going to put some holes into underneath Sudar because um, we've only drilled them sort of just a bit over 100 metres down and uh, they remain open at depth. And um, we, we put some energy into... Um, drilling those to the point where I could uh, calculate jork resources. Those tenements that we're on are getting mature. You know, uh, I pegged them originally, and um, so they need to be converted to a mining lease and, mm-hmm. um, and obviously uh, for us to develop, to develop those projects, we, we need a mining lease. So and we, to do that, we need jork resources. So what I did in the first program was divert a fair bit of our energy just to be able to create jork resources. We knew that, you know, drilling down to 100 metres on those positions wasn't going to give us uh, giant ore bodies. Mm-hmm. But we did we did expect high grade, which we got. And um, we can walk up any time and just keep drilling those. And they're rich enough for us to do. But I, it's not what our focus is this time. We will put some holes underneath Sirdar because we've got a very high-grade intersection Quite deep, and we, we, but we don't know how to connect it at the moment to the nearer surface mineralization. So we'll put three or four holes into that. Uh, we probably won't touch Maori Queen because that's a walk-up drill exercise. We can we can do that any time. Um, more of our energy this time is to go and start looking at these porphyry-style revelation-style targets, mm. um, which offer a scope to to build the the resource base on the project as a whole. Yeah. All right, so a bit of good housekeeping, as it were, at Maori Queen and Surda um, while yeah. you chase down this porphyry potential. Okay. Exactly. Now, I notice uh, ASX-listed Medallion has been having some high-grade copper gold success at their project, which is not all that far away. Any implication for Tracker from that, other than perhaps fueling interest generally in exploration in the broader Ravensthorpe region for copper and gold? Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, I understandably watch what uh, their progress with uh, great interest. Uh, they, that about 20 kilometres away, they've, you know, um, they, uh, their gold copper potential is hosted in the same volcanic sequence as we are, so that we you know we share the host rocks to some extent. I don't hear them talking about porphyries. So that mm-hmm. perhaps there might be some differences between them and us, um, but um, we are in the same host rocks. We're bounding the same um, part of the Ravensthorpe greenstone belt. Uh, the a lot of the features they get, irrespective of the presence of porphyries or not, are similar to ours. The you know the high copper. Incidents. Also, they're they're getting a lot of sulfides, copper salt, massive sulfides in their case. So I think it's really interesting and uh, obviously really good for Ravensthorpe because it. I think in the first time since really the turn of the century where we've we're building be, between the head start that Medallion have got and what Tracker are now working up, we're actually building up a 
a critical mass of gold, copper resources in the Ravensthorpe Greenstone Belt. Mm. So we've got a great opportunity, I think, to get leverage from our work and also medallion success. So needless to say, I wish them every success because that, that will, you know, be a good, good thing for us and a good thing for Ravensthorpe. Mm. What is it about this Ravensthorpe uh, Greenstone Belt? Lithium, copper, gold? Is there anything it hasn't got? <laughs> no, well, look, it, it's always been it's always been known for its its multiple commodities. You know, any of the old reports in the area, they you know, they're, uh, they're one of the prospects on our ground, which we haven't actually touched on. You know, it was dug for cobalt of all yeah. things. You know, it's it's got cobaltite in it. And we know there's cobalt there. We don't understand it. And we've got so many targets, we, we have to uh, prioritise them. But there's, there's cobalt there, there's copper there, there's silver there. Um, it perhaps, it's perhaps that, um, you know, it's got this quite interesting history with base metals. You know, uh, a lot of speculation that there's VMS, sort of pre-existing VMS, you know, uh, Scuttles, uh, Golden Grove style mineralization pre-existing in that greenstone belt. And we've got this younger, later generation porphyries and, and structures passing through these ancient systems. So it's it's geological speculation, but it is it is an interesting area. There's there's a lots of mineralogy around. Of course mm-hmm. it was it was at the turn, you know, earlier in the century the the main source of copper in in WA, you know, so it, it's it's got a long it's got a long history of mining. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, now, Pat, you've been around for a while. Glad to see you uh, confessed it was thirty five years experience. I noticed in the company publications it's still stuck at thirty years, but we'll let you off oh, on that okay. one today. Oh, <laughs> um, I meant to say thirty. <laughs> so you've been around a while and uh, kicked a few rocks in your time. I'm just wondering what's your excitement level with this one. Oh look, it's um, it's a it's a lovely project for a small company like Tracker because the leverage opportunity is excellent. Mm. You know, um, we've got we've got the arrangement I have with uh, Galaxy is that you know we've got hundred percent rights to this project. We don't have any lithium rights. You know, if if we were to discover more lithium in in the, close to their mine site. But we've got 100% of this project. It's in a great location. Um, it would be a, just a terrific leverage opportunity for, you know, for a company like ours. So um, that's a lot mm. to get excited about. Okay, folks, there you go. Um, as I opened up with just the sort of um, story I like to see, uh, a, a small junior, very lightly capitalised, $8 million bucks, but with uh, a high leverage position to exploration success um, in the metals that everyone wants, copper and gold. So good luck with it, Pat. We'll be watching with interest. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Barry. This episode of the Explorers podcast was sponsored by RM Corporate Finance, an active participant in emerging companies around the globe. To hear more about them or become a client, contact them on plus six one eight six three eight zero nine two double zero.